Welcome to The Shameful Dead, your weekly recap podcast for AMC's The Walking Dead. Uh, my name is Doug. With me, as always, is Jermaine. What, what? Jermaine. And, um, you know, one of the hosts, I'm not going to say who, uh, couldn't be here tonight. Um, and it's not like uh, we didn't know the show was coming back for, ooh, I would say months. Wait, What? Uh, one of the one of the hosts of this podcast isn't here because of uh, I'm gonna say mild incompetence to gross uh, stupidity. I don't know. Did you say incompetence or incontinence? Because <laughs> I think, I think it's he's a little shitting. of both. <laughs> I think uh, he's shitting his pants right now. Yeah, Giant T is not doing well. Plus, he had some kind of um, you know social engagement. Uh, I think it was a son's birthday party. Whatever. Uh, so we got a stand-in. Uh, so tonight we're going to be joined by a special guest, uh, Baby. Say hello, Baby. <laughs> baby, say hi. Yes, shake it. Shake the baby? <laughs> okay, the baby's not feeling very vocal right now, but it'll probably act up uh, during the course, especially when we talk about this episode. So let's uh, start it off. Uh, this is uh, the... Mid-season premiere. Mid-season is uh, some stupid concept that's relatively new. Uh, it's when they take a regular season and take a break. And they're starting back up. This is the back nine of the uh, season here. Uh, it's episode nine, Rockin' the Road. So what did you think about this episode, Jermaine? Um, I liked it. I, I We're in season seven now, so that's seven long years of... A handful of really good ones and a hand and a whole bunch of shitty ones. Um, this one, I, I liked it. I liked it. It was a good, uh, what a air quote mid-season premiere is, but it was a good episode. Yeah, uh, I was more. I, I, I liked it. Uh, okay, you liked it. Anything no, else? No, no. I think uh, uh, for whatever a mid-season premiere is, it was a good kickoff. There were some good points. Uh, it moved the story along as opposed to dwindling on shit like they usually do. It's like, all right, we just spent three episodes on nothing. So there was a good, uh, a good kickoff to hopefully what is a good second half of the season. So my, my, my overall impression is I thought it was mediocre. Um, I, I appreciated the zombie action quote-unquote, that that was there. And I appreciated that the entire crew was involved. They didn't, uh, you know, section it off with different people doing different things. Uh, it was mainly the whole crew the whole time. Uh, so I like how uh, focused it was on a goal or a storyline. Uh, but I thought it did drag there uh, toward the middle with the, the whole kingdom thing. Um, it's kind of boring. Uh, a little bit of drama for drama's sake. Uh, it was kind of soap opera-y. But it wasn't by, by far the worst episode this season, so... Uh, we'll get All you right, I'll take that. End. I'll take that. I'll take that into consideration. Take it into consideration. I'm not really trying to. I don't know. Uh, are we trying to convince each other? I don't think so. I think we're just spouting off of the mouth. Um, so, so that's and ba- baby agrees with me. I just heard him. Baby, what do you think? Yeah, that, <laughs> it sounds like he agrees with you more than me. All right. Um, so let's get into it. So the episode starts with Father Gabriel on guard duty at Alexandria. Uh, he starts reading a book, presumably the Bible, then he comes to some kind of revelation, climbs down from the wall, walks to the pantry, frantically starts grabbing food items and tools and packing them away, uh, puts it all in a car and drives away. 
So first thought is, what a pussy. He's just freaking out. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, like you, you saw you saw the the two seconds of reveal though, right? Uh, when he was driving mean? away. No, what is that? The the dude with the boots is in the car. Oh, I didn't notice that. But uh, towards the end of the episode, when it comes out that like there was a plan or like Rick trusted him, I was like, okay, well then Gabriel just didn't freak out and run away. He's and then I wait, remembered. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. You didn't see the guy lift his head up as they were driving away in the car. No, man. I was probably uh, daydreaming. Because <laughs> this show, <laughs> I, was, I really wasn't paying attention that hard. Um, <laughs> that was the whole point. It, uh, f- yeah. So, first off, you're like, what the fuck is Gabriel doing? And then as he's driving away, the guy from the end of the last, the, the first half season, uh, finale. Yeah. The guy with the boots who was watching with the binoculars. Well, I put that together based on, he, like I said, I, I said that uh, towards the end of the episode when Rick had all the faith in the world, I was like, well, Rick's never wrong, or at least not in this situation. So Gabriel had a reason for doing it. And I thought back to the guy with the boots who entered Alexandria in the, you know, the secret scene, the Marvel secret scene of the, the during the finale. Um, he's in the car. He's fine, in the car. He's in the car. I didn't see it. It doesn't matter. Who cares? I'm not interested. It does matter. That changes the whole scene from Gabriel being uh, just a, an asshole to what is he doing? Because I, wa- I just watched the scene again. He he has a journal with Lucille's bat in it and a whole bunch of times. And he's written. He's like, I don't know if he says it's time or ready to go. But that's when he goes to. The pantry gets all the shit. Well, by the way, if you're trying to sneak away, you don't knock everything off a shelf. But maybe he's he's scared or whatever or worried. But he grabs all that stuff, grabs all the weapons, okay. gets in the car, drives away, and then the dude st- sits up in the seat. And he's okay, driving away yes. with another guy. Okay, great, right. So you're totally right. But like I said, uh, my um, lack of attention to the episode doesn't really matter because in the end it all, I got there uh, where I needed to be. So do you think that the guy with the... Um, with the boots is a friendly kind of guy or, or I don't know. So I, I just watched again because the first time I watched it, I don't know if he was in the front seat or the back seat because front seat's a friend. Back seat is a guy's creeping. Okay. And I just watched uh, that first part right now and the back seat's full of stuff. So oh. he's a front seat dude. He's a front seat dude. I don't know. And, I remember Michonne uh, was in the front seat with that one lady, and she he sh- she shot her with a silencer in the. Yeah, but she took that car. Like this guy was obviously invited or sneaking. I, I don't think Father Gabriel's so stupid he can't see a guy sitting next to him. I mean, come on. Come okay, on, but still, uh, but still, you think it's kind of a friendly thing? But he seemed kind of frantic. Yeah, so I don't why know. Is he frantic? No idea. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm at a loss. They show the guy's boots, and he's got like flowers on it so i guess that's supposed to mean something but mm-hmm. i haven't made the connection yet so flower power okay we'll take it out into account I, I okay so i was obviously wrong and i apologize well i'm not gonna apologize for it fuck you yeah um, you, you apologize <laughs> to me you son of a bitch but uh, i thought that it set a an uneasy tone in general yeah like after coming Definitely. off i have no a, idea what it means right no idea just confusion uh but an uneasiness after we had a, a lot of optimism at the end of uh, the mid-season finale, I guess we're calling it. So, yeah, intrigue, uh, uneasiness, that's how we start. Oh, oh. All right. 
I so, liked it though. It got it got suspenseful right away. Okay. All right. So uh, more engaging for you than me. <laughs> Next time I'll do a better job of paying attention or looking at the TV screen and not playing with my phone while I watch these episodes. All right. So uh, yeah. over at the hilltop, podcasting about yes. Jesus. Over at the hilltop, uh, Rick and crew are attempting to talk uh, Gregory into fighting the saviors. He's obviously against it. Jesus gives him shit for for being a coward, basically. Uh, and then Rick and crew, they each take turns stating their cases for fighting, but Gregory's making uh, great points as to why not to do it. Um, basically, uh, he agrees that life would be better without the saviors, but he thinks the risk is too high and they don't have a good enough plan or uh, strategy or uh, resources, all that stuff. Uh, but Daryl basically gives him a "you're either with us or against us" kind of fascist line there, and Gregory. That's when he loses it, and he just dismisses them. Says, "You guys were never here. I never talked to you." Basically, he is being a coward, but at the same time, uh, he's playing it safe and protecting not only himself, more himself, I'm guessing, than his uh, people, but also the people by happenstance. Um, but on the way out, it turns out some of the hilltop sheeple. Uh, want to join Maggie um, in fighting, uh, despite what Gregory wants. So um, the crew is about to head back home, but Jesus says, "Hey, um, I have a long-range radio for the Saviors, so we don't have to head back right now. We should go check out the kingdom." Um, and that's how that ends. So, what are your thoughts yeah, about Gabriel, I, or not Gabriel, uh, Gregory? I think he's a big old pussy, right? I think Johnny T should go first. He's got a lot to say right now. Oh, well, let's see. Johnny T. Stan, and what do you have to say? <laughs> uh, first off, um, I, like, as much as people want to hate Gregory because he's such a buffoon, you, you got you to gotta get it. Like, I've, I've come to appreciate different people's perspective in this show, and they're like, why? That sounds like a great idea, but I'm only going to get killed. It, like... Yeah, they all have shitty situations, but he doesn't want to be any more possibly dead than like just gathering people's stuff. As long as he gives those people vegetables and has to deal with one or two terror attacks every so right, John? I get it. <laughs> yep. And uh, the the best part of that whole scene is he kept calling everybody different names. <laughs> what do you mean, like getting their names was, wrong? Yeah, like he called her Margaret and Marge. And uh, instead of Maggie, he kept calling her stuff, and he kept calling Rick Richard and uh, uh, oh, yeah, I think he did that in an earlier episode, uh, and it was overdone. But um, this was not over overplayed this time. Uh, but I agree with you 100. percent And I even made the case that Gregory is—they're making him out to be a, a, a sniveling little uh, worm. But he has good points. The biggest point is that Rick and his crew already said they would do it, and they failed. Yeah. That's the biggest yeah, John, uh, right? against yeah. John is totally totally agreeing with me there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't feel like Gregory's just uh, out of nowhere just being a wuss. So, like I mean, you know, for the, the show wants to advance and all that, but I like giving contrasting views because they are going to all of these places and like, hey, let's go fight, let's go fight, and they're like, hey. Our situation sucks, yes, but you know what? We're not dead, and uh, all we gotta do is give them some vegetables and maybe survive a a zombie techno rave every once in a while with some bonfires, right? And we're good. But I think the inclusion of those people, the splinter cell that wants to follow Maggie, that think that Maggie is now the king of the hilltop, those people, if they do fight, are gonna bring down hell and fire onto the hilltop, (laughs) regardless of what Gregory wants to do. You know what I'm saying? 
So if yeah, they, on the scale of who's going to fight back, the hilltop's going to be instant uh, yeah, death. Yeah, they're just they're just they going to get wrecked. They they had a a hatchback with a stereo in it, and it almost killed everybody. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have to do anything. Uh, yeah. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. Some woman speaking up, but she's about to get put in her place. She just made you dinner, fucker. Yeah, she made me dinner, so uh, okay. Well, she she can speak up in the background every so often when I let her. Guys, we have the most professional podcast out there, right, baby? <laughs> That's right, baby, huh? Baby John. And Roots. Okay, so uh, let's see. After, So they invite him to the kingdom, and Jesus and Rick show up there uh, and are greeted by Sad Dad and another one of the random uh, American gladiators on horseback. Uh, Sad Dad is initially reluctant, but gives in as long as they give up their guns and is bitching to Jesus about another trade agreement um, and saying that need to fight. And he's like, well, I've never seen you smile, but today you're going to smile. Basically letting him know that he's going to get what he wants um, because Jesus and them are proposing violence, which is what he's been uh, gunning for. No comment? No, uh, um... Damn it, I just forgot what I was going to talk about. Oh, the walkie-talkie. That's yeah. a huge deal. Um, I forgot to mention this in the last scene, that Jesus got the walkie-talkie so they can monitor. Yeah. Um, they they lost Eugene, so he was, I think, working on stuff, but that's going to give them a leg up. Uh, clearly, they can travel from point A to point B in one second, so as long as they have uh, that walkie-talkie, they can keep ahead of the stuff. Yeah, uh, the saviors, I guess. I mean, it seems overly simple, but uh, I'll accept it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, hey, zombie apocalypse. They, yeah, you gotta do it. Um, it. Yeah, nothing to say about uh, the American Gladiator here? I, that's really not. Uh, no, well, first off, I love American Gladiator. Oh, really? He's the best. Yeah, he seems and, like an everyman, and he's up for a fight, so I'm kind of on his side. Yeah, but... Yeah. The, the, when they were getting into the explanation of what the kingdom is and like, you're in the kingdom, I'm in the kingdom. Yeah, this is the kingdom. Where's the kingdom? It's over here, but it starts over there. You know, it, <laughs> it almost sounds like a religious sermon. <laughs> yeah, it was like, are we in it? And I, I, I thought that was pretty funny because Jesus was trying to just get across and they were asking all these questions. Uh, I do think Daryl. Daryl started being a dick at Gregory's and he's continued yeah. being a dick at this place. And he's just like. Well, Let's get the fuck out of here. We don't need anybody. It's like, yeah, Daryl, you and your one-man army can escape and do shit wherever. But, clear you got, but you still have to hide everywhere, and you're just... He's just bad-mouthing everybody. Well, to like, be fair, he just did He just did come from being in prison, like John McCain or something. He's not He's <laughs> not feeling, like, generous. He's probably in a pissed-off mood. He had to listen to that Easy Street song over and over again and eat shit sandwiches. Um, so... Dog food sandwiches. Uh, he's probably not in a good mood. So I can understand he's a little testy. Okay, so Rick and crew do uh, show up at the kingdom, and they observe and marvel at uh, what's going on there uh, as a little community. And they take note of the numbers, but they question the fighting ability. Basically, they're setting up the kingdom to be the linchpin, like whichever way the kingdom goes. They're like uh, Russia, I guess. They just have the, the numbers. Um, but uh, It's what you go for risk, you know? That's the that's yeah, the territory you, always, you want. You always got to get Rush on a land battle. All right, so uh, they are reunited with uh, Morgan uh, very quickly, and um, then they head over to talk to the king. But before they uh, 
they talk about with Morgan, uh, the whereabouts of Carol, and Morgan lies and says she moved on, where, you know, she's just like, I don't know, a quarter mile down the road in that little house. So I guess he's respecting her privacy here. I guess. So, the like, first off, they're watching. You know, they see some of the, you know, they see the, like, ROTC crew running around. Oh, yeah. They see, uh, I was thinking about that. When was the last time you, you ran or jogged in formation? Uh, yesterday. Yeah, right. <laughs> you go on runs, like organized runs? Uh, all the time. Oh, okay. I thought you were alone. Yeah. Like me. Yeah, but um, so that they're observing. They always, you know, they try to live an idyllic life behind their walls. And every time they go to a place that has an idyllic life behind the walls, they're like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not a shot, guys. Other people are trying to do the same thing you are. Yeah. And uh, the, like the, the end of last, the, the first mid-season, like they saw Daryl and Maggie and everybody was just hugging and having a good time and like, oh my God. And then they see Morgan, they're like, oh, hey, what's up, Morgan? Yeah, no big deal. Like, hey. No big deal. I'm alive too. And they're like, "Hey, where's Carol? Oh, she left." Yeah. They're like, "Okay, cool. I killed somebody. I don't care, then, uh, yeah, Morgan." But that's a huge <laughs> thing. Like, like he's like, "I found Carol. She'd been shot. I saved her." And and uh, he's like, I, "I had to kill somebody to save her." That's like a, he doesn't kill people. Yeah. That's a huge thing. You're like, okay, maybe. Morgan's turned that corner. Maybe he understands the world we live in. Like you, as much as he wants to save life because life is sacred and there's only so many people left. Yep. They're all still pretty shitty. There's shitty people out there. Yeah. I think he's just, he's at least letting himself off the hook a little bit because of like, uh, just pragmatic kill him. If he didn't kill the guy, he would have killed Carol. So he had to make a decision. His hand was almost forced. Uh, so I think he's rationalizing it, but yes, it's a step in the right direction. Not in the right direction, you know. Obviously, killing somebody's bad, uh, but you know, these people don't deserve to get killed. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll say that there, I feel no remorse for any of the saviors. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So we, we disagree. I, I, you know, I feel I feel remorse, but you know, Carol doesn't want to kill. Morgan doesn't want to kill. Uh, I can only. And that's I don't fine, know why, but I, 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 I don't know why he's respecting her request to be left alone when the kingdom knows she's like two blocks away just living in a house and getting bananas delivered so well i think the show like if we take a step back the show's just setting it up for like carol to be the fucking savior at the end you know carol you know <laughs> i don't i don't shoot people anymore and then at the end she has to like shoot somebody and it saves a day which is one of the best episodes ever when she took over terminus and blew that shit oh up. yeah so i could see that i could see her them setting her up to do a similar thing with the saviors at the end of the season so uh i really don't care about carol i feel like she's kind of cartoonish uh now and like uh, i i don't understand her turnabout like her her non-violent uh switch was just came out of nowhere i feel like it wasn't earned um so i'm not really invested in that character you son of a bitch. Yeah, okay, you like her. Moving on, all right. So Rick and Co. meet Ezekiel, and um, they spill the beans that the kingdom has a secret deal with the saviors, um, and Jesus told them, and uh, Eze is pissed at Jesus for betraying his trust, um, but Jesus said he only did it because it was very important what Rick wants to do, and Rick wants to fight. Uh, he shares the news with 
the kingdom and also Morgan uh, about the deaths from the saviors, basically being uh, you know Abraham, uh, what's his face, um, yeah, um, that lady who guarded the pantry, and that other douche. Basically, uh, four people been killed from the saviors, and they relate this information. Uh, Rick says that they've already beat the savior once. Saviors once. It was just a uh, you know uh, we're unaware of the size and disposition of the enemy, and they won't make that change again. So Rick's doing a little bit of rewriting history. Um, King Ezekiel asks Morgan for his counsel, and Morgan is against it because he knows that it'll be loss of life, and that's for sure. If they try to take on the saviors, they're going to lose people. So I can understand where he's coming from. Uh, but he also thinks there probably could be another way if maybe if they just grab Negan, which is I'm of that opinion as well. I feel like the whole thing is Negan's at the top, and there's not really a good chain of command besides uh, old Johnny Knoxville who we'll run into. But anyway, Rick tells a ridiculous story that his mom used to tell him as a kid about a rock stuck in a road. I hated this fucking story. <laughs> we'll talk about it, but basically it was a rock stuck in a road, and it kept hurting people, and people would bust their shins and the horses would get hurt uh, and a little girl removed the rock doing something about it instead of leaving it there to hurt more people um, I just felt like this was an outrageous story fuck this show <laughs> <laughs> so there was really good parts of the scene and then really bad parts of this scene um, first they're they're like hey we're gonna go meet King Ezekiel cause the whole thing they're like kingdom and king and all this shit and they walk in there and as soon as they see a tiger, they're like, what the fuck? And they're all just hanging out in the back. It's like, yeah, dude, as a fucking tiger. Yeah. You guys better respect. Because they're all worried in the back. And what's the guy's name? The, the like, bodyguard? Jerry? Jerry! Jerry's the best. <laughs> Jerry did make this scene a little bit better, I have to admit. Oh, my God, dude. Jerry was the best in the scene because he just, like, he would just repeat what Ezekiel said. And Ezekiel was like, quiet, Jerry. <laughs> and he was just smiling the whole time. And yeah. like uh, he, he said like two lines, but they were the best lines. I agree. Like it sh this shouldn't be funny. Jerry shouldn't be funny, but he is. Um, I Dude, agree. so this is what I realized after. Like we we know Ezekiel is a community theater guy. This is all an act to show to make the kingdom operate as it does. Yep. And I think Jerry just loves it. Right. He loves. He loves the whole idea of the kingdom. He loves being a guard. Yeah, he Jerry, loves holding a fucking giant battle axe. Like he is just in Jerry was probably a, fun. He was probably a big fan of pro wrestling before the apocalypse. Because oh, that, absolutely. That, that has all to do with like going along and pretending and, you know, uh, you know, enjoying the spectacle because of the spectacle and just reveling in it. Um so I feel like he's definitely down with that shit. He is the snacks of The Walking Dead. <laughs> he is the snacks of The Walking Dead. Uh, what did you think about this story? The reason I hated this story, because, first of all, it was just made-up bullshit. Like, this is a story I hadn't heard before, but Rick's mom's telling him this story? No, thank you. It's not Dr. Seuss. It's just some made-up bullshit. You've never heard this fairy tale? <laughs> I, I believe... Uh, did your mom tell you this a, shit? It's a, a Grimm's tale, and it's a, a Disney tale. They made it into a movie. You know... A, a rock in the road, and you plus, fall and break legs on plus, it repeatedly. Plus it, it, it removes the responsibility from the king. The king is a criminal. The king put this rock <laughs> there to hurt people, so every motherfucker who got hurt, it's the king's fucking fault. Fuck that king. Um, you know, that little girl should take that gold and hire an assassin to take out that piece of shit. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a dumb story, and I feel like it's just... Uh, just shoehorned into the show to give it some kind of uh, theme of the week. 
um, the the big issue in this scene was um, Morgan, like five minutes earlier, telling somebody, hey, I killed people. And then five minutes later, Ezekiel asks, hey, what should we do? And he's like, don't kill people. <laughs> it's like, dude, no, you don't. You don't come out and say, hey, I had to save this person. And by by doing that, I had to kill people. But now to save all of us, I say we don't kill anybody and we try and kidnap the most guarded person there is. I don't know. I think he's being reluctant and I can understand that. I just uh, I I don't you know, it seems like um, like I said, I think we said this in an earlier episode. It seems like King Ezekiel uh, gave Morgan and Carol a lot of his trust, like out of nowhere, very quickly. Um, You know. Agreed. He seems to be asking his advice, and I'm like, you know, I think he's shocked, and I'm shocked, too. I'm like, why the fuck are you asking Morgan? Um, I was. I was. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they had the audience. Jesus, Jesus is all, oh, yeah, uh, he's got a tiger. <laughs> and then and then they all, like, are just creeping in the, in the, ble- in the seats. And again, Daryl acts like a dick. He's like, get at it. Let's get out of this fake kingdom bullshit. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I would have sent my tiger on Daryl right there. Uh, Been like, hey, 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 Dick, fight this tiger. Uh, uh, so the tiger, have you ever seen Hot Tub Time Machine? Yes. So you know how like Crispin Glover's in the movie and they know they go back in time. They In the present, he lost an arm and they're yep. back in time and they're just waiting for him to lose his arm. Like every. <laughs> yes. So that's how I feel about the tiger. The tiger is going to kill somebody. Um it's just a matter of time. Like it's just like a countdown clock. When is the tiger gonna maul somebody? Um, so I it, swear to God, I swear to God, if they kill this tiger, I will stop watching this show and Game of Thrones at the same time because fuck both of those shows. Why? Because what? What does Game of Thrones have to do with uh, them killing the tiger? They ki- all they did was kill the wolves. The yeah. wolves got too expensive and too uh, too much to manage. So like. Hey, let's just put this ca- this ty- this uh, wolf in a cave and I agree. fucking they, they should have just zombie. recast uh, Kit Harrington and and kept the dire wolves, but that's that's for another podcast. Uh, yeah. Shame to Thrones. That's also you can check that. All out. right, we, we can move. Okay. Um. So basically, um, uh, they cut to a scene where uh, this young, soon-to-be-dead guy from the kingdom is wandering around the woods uh, and sees a shadowy figure. Turns out to be Carol. The guy's name is Benjamin, uh, says he was looking for some training with his stick, wanted to kill some zombies with his stick that Morgan, I guess, is training him. Uh, Carol tells him he needs to be more quiet. Um, uh, he says that King Ezekiel worries about her, um, make, wants to make sure that she's doing okay. Uh, basically, this is just a big waste of time, uh, and it's just checking in on Carol for the audience. Uh, I didn't get much out of this scene at all. Yeah, Carol's still alive. Yep. Um, she still doesn't want to talk or help anybody. Um, <laughs> Being it's, it's nice to see it's it's nice to see our our little boys all grown up. He's hitting stuff with sticks. He's I, shooting things. I hate this guy. He's he's gonna die. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be brutal. <laughs> he's um, gonna die this but, season. Yeah. Um. But yeah. It was just a check-in. Carol's wandering around in the woods, but nobody tell anybody. She doesn't want anybody to know. Blah, blah, blah. 
Okay, so later the same guy, this dead man walking, Benjamin, he comes upon King Ezekiel back uh, at the kingdom, and King Ezekiel's praying to some small child or with some small child. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. but uh, Kind of like what's doing right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, this little kid's not going to be able to go to sleep. Um, but uh, Benjamin tells uh, King Ezekiel that uh, he saw Carol. Uh, she's all right. Um, then... He, this kid Benjamin, voices his opinion that they should fight with Rick's crew. Um, they should join in the rebellion because he can see it in their eyes that they're going to attack with or without the kingdom. And if they fail, uh, the kingdom did nothing to help. And if they succeed, the kingdom didn't earn it and they would benefit. Uh, so basically the Rogue One uh, like argument. If you haven't seen Rogue One, basically that's how it works. Is Some idiots go ahead and attack even though <laughs> the rest of the alliance doesn't want to and they feel like they're dragged into it. Uh, so that's a pretty good argument. What do you think about that argument? What's Rogue One? Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha, bitch. Uh, seriously. So no, uh, you think it's a good uh, argument? The, like, uh, Rick and crew are going to attack regardless of what the kingdom does, so they can either be a part of it or go down in history sitting on the sidelines. Um, I think... It's a it's a valid argument, and what what Ezekiel is obviously he's taking input because he asked Morgan, uh, you know, in, in the audience, he's asking this kid. The kid right. makes up a valid point. He's like, "Hey, I think I think he made a valid point in the opposite way he intended." He's you know he's like, "Hey, if we don't do anything, they're gonna take all the the yeah the da- the the trouble, the danger, the killing." And we'll benefit and we'll look like we didn't, you know, just a bunch of. And he's like, yeah, you're right. Uh, what a great idea. <laughs> and then uh, I think at that point he was like, I appreciate your counsel, young Jedi. Yeah. And uh, you provide very good input. And then in the meantime, he's like, so if I just sit here and do nothing, they're still going to do something. <laughs> I'll take that. That's a good point. I never thought of it that way, but uh, that could easily be. Uh be the conclusion he comes to because this is the last guy he seeks counsel with uh, until he makes his proclamation in the morning which is where we go next so i can yep. see that happening so the next morning uh easy and rick's crew meet and uh they meet at the archery range for some reason um and easy tells him that he's made up the decision he wants to keep the people safe um uh obviously rick and the crew don't like this um and they basically give him a big guilt trip for making this very prudent decision. I mean, it's <laughs> once again, uh, Ezekiel's in a hard place. Uh, there's no right answer here. Uh, but yeah. he still holds strong, but offers to help them out a little bit by um, giving Daryl sanctuary as a sign of good faith. Um, the crew pounce, pouts about it, and then they decide to leave. Uh, on the way out, um, What's-Her-Face goes to talk to Rosita, uh, but Rosita is a real big bitch about the whole thing, which I found... Uh, entertaining and intriguing um rick is also chatting with sad dad on the way out and rick comes to the conclusion that the kingdom has to fight or has to get involved in order for them to win otherwise they they wouldn't stand a chance which once again is underlining how the kingdom is going to be pivotal to this whole thing uh rick also tells daryl that he has to stay there even though he doesn't want to daryl pouts about it but finally accepts it uh and they leave so yeah uh a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff happened. Um, the the decision. So, again, just like Gregory, I can't fault the king for his decision because it's, Me too. they act like 
they act the the Alexandria group, Rick and his group, act like everything's fine with with if you had told Rick, hey Rick, you can deal with Negan outside of Alexandria and they don't have to know anything and everybody just lives their life and they're happy, you think mm-hmm. he would have taken that? Because that's what the king's got. Right. That's the thing is nobody that- there. Nobody there knows how much shit he has to go through to keep everybody safe and happy. Right. And he's been doing that. Right. Uh, I I agree with you 100%. I mean, and and do you think this is what the show, uh, the storytellers and the showrunner are trying to do? Or do you think that they they want us to side with Rick um, unquestioningly? Absolutely side with Rick. I, I, I think... Yeah, I mean, come on. This whole thing's going to accumulate with them going to war with the saviors. Right. Kind of thing. I, I agree with you 100%, but my question is, do you think that they are trying to make us feel conflicted? Because I feel like, in order, it feels like Rick Rick's group doesn't really have a great argument. Um, maybe it's because we haven't seen, like, uh, I guess, I, I don't know. Uh, obviously, Rick's right. I would think that the the saviors would come for the kingdom. They have a good deal right now, but I feel like the saviors would just easily overextend because they're not people of their word. But you know, Ezekiel doesn't know that, and he's got a good thing right now. So I totally side with him. I'm, I'm just saying they should have probably done something, or maybe something should happen very soon to make us side with Rick again. Yeah, like that. that I think. They want you, obviously, just everybody's on the Rick train, but I'm, I don't know, as a skeptic, as a realist or whatever in this zombie apocalypse, I'm finding myself like, hey, I get Gregory's a douche, but I get it. Right. Ezekiel has the best deal out of anybody. Yep. It's uneasy. And he's clearly lost stuff. You know, people have died. Yep. There's children without limbs and stuff. So I think he's weighing the consequences. He's weighing everything. Right, and as much as it sucks, he's got the best deal out of everybody in this whole situation. Yeah, as far so as I'm concerned, you're you're absolutely right. But you know, we know the show, and we know it's paint by numbers, and we know that Ezekiel's hand will be forced. Somebody will kill Jerry or something, and then that'll spark him to like go to war. Um, so there's going to be some pivotal thing that proves Rick to be right. We know this. As um, long as it's not the tiger, if it's the tiger, I will fucking burn this show to the ground. Yeah, no one wants to see that. At least. Not before the tiger maul somebody. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. And so, and but wait, wait, but wait, Daryl, Dick times two. Oh yeah. Can he, you imagine? He, he's gonna. He's already a dick, and now he has to stay here, and he's gonna be just a poison pill. He's gonna like ruin every. They're gonna like have social events like barbecues, and Daryl's just gonna be there, and like, oh fuck, Daryl's here, and he's just gonna be yeah, a dick like, to everybody. He was already. You call yourself a king. <laughs> you call this and that. You call and the king this, was nice uh, stuff to say. Hey, you call this burnt ends. <laughs> and this lemonade and sucks. Case, yeah, and he's like, "Hey, you can stay here." And he's like, "I ain't staying here." Well, if you don't, you're gonna die. All right, I guess I'll stay, but I won't like it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you dirty dick the whole time. All right, so uh, let's move on. So oh, the the crew's driving along a, a highway, and over the long uh, range radio that Jesus stole from the saviors, Negan is uh, eulogizing uh, Fat Joe, which is pretty uh, funny. Um, while Rick and crew, they come upon a blockade in the highway. Um, they presume it was made by the saviors, and upon further inspection, the blockade is rigged with explosives. Uh, they de- de- surmise that the intention is to stop a herd of walkers from getting close to the saviors' complex. Rosita starts to disarm the bombs. Um, 
And then they hear over the radio, Negan issued an order that uh, the crew go to Alexandria to see if Daryl was dumb enough to return there. Um, so they know that there's now a time crunch. They have to get past this blockade, um, get these bombs, because they're going to repurpose them and use these bombs against the saviors. So there's a time crunch. Uh, and then they're equal to the task, but, you know, wouldn't you know, a giant herd of walkers chooses that moment to show up. Um, so even more of a time crunch. Um and in this whole the whole time, Rick is exceptionally sweaty, um, <laughs> sweatier than anybody else, and the herd uh, is slowly moving towards them while half the crew goes to deal with the blockade. Um, and Rick and Michonne uh, stay back to disarm and retrieve the bombs and explosives. Uh, when things get um, dire for the blockade people, that's taking too long. Rick and Michonne uh, hotwire two cars that are tied together and use this cord to basically cause a shitload of carnage on the level of a Japanese hack and slash video game in which this cord cord goes across the highway just decapitating and just ruining hundreds of walkers. It was pretty good. Um, Basically, they all escape miraculously. You know, even though Rick has surrounded by zombies, he kind of just pushes them out of the way and they get in the car and they drive off. And while they drive off, uh, the excess bombs that um, Rosita didn't like detonated. Um, and Rick is just complaining that he pushed his luck. So a lot of stuff happens here. I feel like it was, um, uh, you know, obligatory action, but at least they brought something new to it. Um, it wasn't yeah. just, you know, stabbing <clears throat> a few uh, walkers and narrowly escaping it. It had a little bit more of a set piece element to it that I appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a whole bunch of stuff in there, and hopefully I cover all of it. But um, I uh, I forgot that Rosita was in the army because when she started doing stuff, I was like, what yeah. the fuck does she know? I thought she was just, based on her outfits, I thought she was just like one of those like hot cops or like a stripper that dressed up like she was in the army. <laughs> Not like she actually yeah. had army experience. But then my, my side chick, um, a.k.a. my wife, had to remind me that she has army background. Oh, there you and go. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And uh, but yeah, so that was a, the the first thing. Um, the second is they spent so there's the blockade of cars, and they spent so much time moving them and moving them back to make it look like nobody was there. Yeah. But then they hot wire two cars and mow down a thousand zombies. Yeah. And I'm like. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to know you were there now. Right. But I get it. In the time in the time frame of the situation, yeah, you move it back. They didn't know a whole herd was coming. Plus a but whole, I thought that plus, was just Plus if the herd was coming and they were going to blow it up anyway, presumably the some of the cars would be out of place anyway because of the huge yeah. explosion, so they should have just uh left enough explosives there, you know, taken some of them, but left enough explosives there to make it look like what the trap was designed to do, blow up a shitload of zombies and a herd and a herd was coming they just kind of had to put everything back in place uh and take enough explosives which i guess they kind of did but you're right like if anybody inspects they don't have to be like uh ncis to inspect the scene and see hey there's a bunch of zombies that are cut in half way over here away from these explosive explosives um and between these cars that were never supposed to move right but we drove them down the highway cutting everybody in half so Right, but I get the timing of the situation. I get it, okay. but it was just like. So damn, let me ask you: Will it time. come back to bite them, or you think they'll just forget about it? Um, 
I don't know. I don't think that this show is that uh, uh, <laughs> cares to follow uh, care cares that much detail consistency or what do they call continuity? Yeah, it's just it, it it is what the show is. You know, they spend that much time talking about how we have to move these cars back to make everything look like we were never here, but then they hotwire some other cars and cut down a million zombies, and clearly it's just a giant mess. And you're like, hey, I think that car moved from A to B. <laughs> yeah, I and it really wasn't notice. supposed to. Yeah. And there was only one explosion, not 90 explosions like we set up. Right. But, but I will say the very cool scene. It was, it, this is, you know, it was, there was good intrigue. There was good uh, character building. There was good um, open ends. And then you got to, you know, good action, just good murder. A new way to kill a whole bunch of zombies. Again, and, and to your point of Rick ran through a bunch of zombies and Michonne, like, just kind of you remember, them like, off. I don't know, yeah, season three when like one zombie would kill like nine yeah. people, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my god, one zombie's coming. Yep. Now they can fight through six hundred zombies just by running yeah. and just pushing them around. And we've we've talked it, about it, this. It, we 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 yeah, decided we have. that the and we'll reiterate it quickly here though. Uh, they need to have a zombie kill somebody. They need to show the threat of the zombies um, instead of just being like a possibility of them hurting people. Actually, hurt somebody. It's been a while since the zombies uh, took their toll on somebody, uh, and they're like kind of like. Yeah, go, sorry. I didn't no, mean that's it. That's, that's it. I was just saying that they're kind of like not. They're kind of an annoyance now and not a real deadly threat, which they should be. The herd is the scariest thing. Yeah. And this was a herd and they all got surrounded and everybody got out and they just had to push some pe some zombies around. Right. And uh, so you're minimizing you're minimizing that terror of the herd. And again, Rick was like, I should never done this. We all got in trouble. We all should have died. And Michonne was like, smile, bitch. Yeah, we're all we're in the alive. car, but it got me. everybody's fine. Put a yeah, smile I don't know. On that thing. Let me ask you. I don't know what that little breakdown by Rick is about, or if it's going to come back. Um, but he obviously thinks he pushed his luck, uh, and seems to be shaky. I don't know. Not the great mindset you want if you're going to take on the Saviors and Negan. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like a build-up. He's trying to recruit all these people to come fight, but he's knowing like half of them are going to die. Yeah, and uh, a lot of his friends, you know. I think we're going way too far into it. Yeah, uh, this, let's keep it. Let's keep it uh, shallow, like the show wants us to. Uh, so moving just, on. He, yeah, <laughs> Rick and Co. <laughs> arrive back at Alexandria, but only moments before the Saviors show up. Uh, and old Johnny Knoxville gets out and informs everyone that they're not there to uh, pick up their uh, whatever taxes for the week. They're there to search for Daryl and execute him if he's found. Uh, in their search, they wreck a whole bunch of shit uh, in the residence's house, houses. Uh, they eventually leave, but not before issuing a warning that if they have to come back and Daryl is eventually found here, they're going to you know, execute him and it'd be bad for them. Um, also, it comes out that the supplies are low and uh, he, John Nice was like, you better take care of that before we do come back. Um, but it comes out that um, Gabriel ran. Rick asked why the pantry is low. Uh, Rick has... Uh, ultimate faith in Gabriel and thinks it must be for a good reason. Uh, the next scene, the group is pondering why Gabriel left and Rick finds a note in his Bible, uh, something about a boat, and they devise that it's the boathouse that uh, uh, Rick was at a couple episodes back. 
why why not just write I'm going to the boat because X told me to be there and you guys should show up and we'll do X Y and Z. Yeah, I guess we don't <laughs> you know? know. We don't know. Like you said, is this uh, the boots guy? Is he a friend or foe? Uh, if he was a foe, maybe he had to leave a coded message. But uh, you would think the guy the the word boat would be a big giveaway. Uh, so you're right. Why not yeah. just leave him? Let him know what the fuck's going on. Um, I guess we'll find out. I'm not. Yeah, I think you know. Intrigued. You know, Rick shows up. He's like, "Hey, we got to do X, Y, and Z," and then the saviors show up. I think that was a good, uh, you know, a semi-panic situation. He didn't have time to explain what was going on, where they've been. They didn't have time to tell him that Gabriel took off with all the shit. Yeah. So it was kind of good to a, you know, a little bit of a panic inducer. Like, oh man, nobody in the group's on the same page, and you know when they start fumbling stories right. and lies, that's when the saviors can get uppity and start beating people. Yeah, there was. But a yeah, lot old of, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait till old Johnny Knoxville gets. <laughs> I, I feel like Daryl's going to beat the shit out of old Johnny Knoxville till he's dead, and I, I think I'm going to look forward to that. It could be good. Yeah, he's definitely going to meet a um, a bitter end. That'll be good because he's he he's a he's he's a dickhead, and he was also in um, ooh, what was it, Westworld? Um, I don't think old Johnny Knoxville, the guy who plays him. Um, can play a good guy, so I feel like he just excels at being a dick. He's kind of like Shooter McGavin uh, from the from Happy Gilmore. You know that guy. Never, <laughs> that guy's never gonna play like a, a loving dad or something. He's just gonna be typecast as an asshole. He would definitely say, "I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast." <laughs> yes, I could definitely see old Giant Oswald saying that. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah. There's dissent about Gabriel. Some people think he's a coward. Rick is totally on his side. So we know that Rick is ultimately usually right. So Gabriel is not selling them out. Um, there's also this weird little scene, um, a lovers quarrel between Aaron and his husband, I guess, or his significant other. Um, and you know, it's the same bullshit argument we've seen from a million couples. Uh, one person is leaving uh, and putting themselves in danger, and the other person doesn't like it. Not much to say about this, right? Besides, Aaron's probably uh-huh. going to die now if, since he had this little check-in with his uh, SO. I, I sure hope not, because over the seasons, uh, Aaron's been... I, I think Aaron's really cool. He's a good character. He, uh, I think he brings a lot to the show. I appreciate um, what he does. And I understand... But again, it's the... Let's just run away. I think, uh, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Just go live in the woods kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not, you can't exactly elope to like France here. This is, you know, the, it, wherever you go, it's going to suck. And I will say Gabriel did a fantastic job clearing out literally Everything? every single <laughs> thing they had. There's not even like a packet of salt on the ground or any. Yeah, that <laughs> was weird, everything, right? Everything. Everything. But I'm, I'm, if, if if this is another, this has to be, this has to be a Rick plan, right? Uh, I don't know this if it's a Rick be... plan. I think it's a, I think it's a Gabriel plan. I think Gabriel is taking a chance. Here's my, I'm, I'm coming up with a hypothesis right now. I think Gabriel oh, made shit. a deal with these people that we see in the end of the episode. Uh, this army full of people saying, hey, we'll give you all our food if you fight with us this one time. Um, so maybe he's getting an army. He just bought himself an army with all those tools and supplies. What do you think? How did he meet them? Uh, the the guy with the boots who who broke into Alexandria. Huh. I don't know. Um, That's just me throwing shit against the wall, seeing what sticks. I yeah, we'll no. I mean, I, 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 I like you didn't even know there was a guy in the car. 
I knew there was a guy who showed uh, up in Alexandria and he was behind why uh, Gabriel left. Um, so, yeah, I don't. It, it's a possibility. Like the whole, I've been trying to figure out the whole, you know, the notebook with the dates and the Lucille thing and leaving the Bible behind and taking everything and disappearing. And but but Rick being accepting of it, like, oh, it's okay that he took everything. No, that doesn't make sense at all. No, it I guess it's it to me. It came across as Rick just has <laughs> ultimate faith in Gabriel for some reason. Who he hates? He's hate. He hates Gabriel. Yeah, he has. But other, I than, think, other than the save on Maggie when Negan was there, that oh Maggie's dead. That's the only time right. he gave like Gabriel. Oh, the what's up? You know what I'm? You you chided me for reading too much into this before, uh, and I I would give you the same argument. Don't don't act All like right, this fine. show has consistency between like characters just decide not to kill people on a whim. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this this I feel like Rick for whatever reason. And what's presented to us, trust Gabriel. That's that's all I'm getting, and I get that uh, pretty um, concretely. I don't know. There's there's no sign right. that Rick is second guessing him at all. Take it for what it's worth on the surface. We I got it. Okay, let's so go. let's finish this out. So the crew arrives at the boathouse where Rick and Aaron uh, were a couple episodes back, and they wander around, uh, and they run into a huge group of armed and angry looking teenagers. I think they're mostly teenagers. Uh, and when they're surrounded, they've got a bunch of weapons and guns pointed at them. Rick smiles at all this. Um, so I feel like Rick sees the opportunity instead of being like, oh, we're, we're screwed. He's seeing, oh, here's a bunch of people that I can, you know, swindle or talk into fighting with us. Right? Dude. Or do you think he's so they went to it? the Like, uh, first off, first off, they went to the boat. And they took a left, and there was a giant warehouse <laughs> yeah, and I, cars and fields and buildings. And I was like, what the? You didn't see this in the beginning? I agree. I was also confused by the geography of the whole situation. Like, they they went to the boat, they saw a footstep, and then... Yeah, one clears day footsteps in the, in the grass or whatever. <laughs> and then like, they're at a warehouse, like a huge factory. You think like, they would have just seen that? Building. You think, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Remember when... Uh, Aaron and, and Rick were there. We're like, oh, well, we got to go to this boathouse. That's where the, the supplies are. Uh, what about that huge fucking complex with all those cars? Yeah, they the- walked around. <laughs> they walked around the whole boat. They walked around the area. They looked for how to yeah, They found the canoe, all that shit. But it was just like, hey, take a left and there's a factory uh, and all that shit. So, yeah, that was the first thing. And the second thing was, you know, they're following this footstep and they get surrounded by... Uh, the Lord of the Fly kids, <laughs> yeah. and and or the Children of the Corn, whichever one it wants to be. I just think it, it's hoodies. Like clearly, it's the the hoodie cult or something. I thought it looked and, like Occupy Wall Street. <laughs> it's a bunch of uh, dirty hippies. <laughs> but yeah, then then Rick just smiles. So there, my two thoughts are: he's just smiling because he found. Oh, oh by the way, they stumbled into another. Yeah, another city, group. another group of people. Yeah. So we're now up to the hillside. You're just stumbling saviors, over people, yeah. Alexandria. Um, oh, what about the fish no, eaters? I said hillside, Did you say hilltop. The fish eaters? No, I haven't got to them yet. Oh, hilltop, Alexandria, the kingdom, the saviors, the fish market, and now this. Uh, I don't know what we want to call them. Uh, the, fly kids, the lost the, boys, the hoodies, the lost boys. That's a good one. Um, so yeah, there's a whole another another group. And uh, I don't know if that creepy smiles because he 
just as like another group I can, you know, they have weapons and stuff. Yeah. Or he sees somebody he knows. That's the that's the other that's the other um, option is he recognized somebody, presumably Morgan or not Morgan, Gabriel or somebody else, uh, deeper pull, which I don't know if we know anybody else who's like Yeah, I'm trying Carol. to I'm trying to know. think of who like old characters or somebody that we could bring up and right. I, I, I don't know. I'm falling short as well. I've got no idea. All right, but, well, Rick, uh, they like because he had a he had a he had a dirty smile on his face. He did, and it seemed evil. Like it seemed like yeah. he was. That's what. So that's why I thought he he was like an evil politician. Going, look, great, a whole bunch of dumb teenagers. I can get to fight my war for me. Uh, that's the way it came off to me. But uh, yeah, I think equally as um, uh, likely as he did recognize somebody, probably Gabriel, maybe somebody else. Yeah. So I'm sure. Well, that th- this intrigued me. I, I would say the ending intrigued me more than uh, anything else. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to next week. I will say I still stand by my initial feeling that this was a run of the mill episode. Um, I- I'll go slightly above. So I don't do point two five. So instead of two point five, I'm going to leave this at a three point oh. You can. Uh, uh, I'll go better. Okay, I'll go better. Got? It's a three point five. I liked it. Oh, you hey, want like to do the, the, you're just going to do the 10-point scale? You're not going to deal with the sandwiches or? 10-point scale, uh, half points. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll give it a, a, a creepy Rick smile of, uh, <laughs> of a rating. <laughs> but we're going, okay, 3.5, that's pretty high. So you're excited for, yeah. you think there's a good start to the back half of the season, whatever the fuck we're calling it. Yeah, this. man, it's been gone for a while. It's been gone for a while. There was good action. There was good, there was good uh, what-the-fuck moments. Yeah. Um, a lot of questions to answer. Um, I like, even though I think we know where it's going to go, I like people turning Rick away. Um, in a sensible post-apocalyptic zombie world, I wouldn't say, hey, let's go let's go straight murder all these people who clearly can kick our ass every day because they do right now. So. Yeah, especially when, like... I, I like the pushback. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, it, it's trying to... It's, it, it's making Rick not seem so right all the time but at the same time you just know that rick's going to be proven right at the end which kind of frustrates me um yeah you know rick rick lost to the saviors once but you know he's not going to lose again he's ultimately going to be a the winner here so i think that robs a little bit of it i once again uh decent action scene but once again has the same problems that a lot of these other obligatory action scenes have where you know no one's really afraid of these zombies anymore they don't kill anybody no big deal um, but and I think I think I think my hate my hate is fresh because it's just you know it's been a couple of months so four. we're starting it's been cleared out so we're just starting over with uh, how much I can hate the show and I'm, I'm at I'm at zero right now so oh so you're I'm excited your hate bank is empty and you have to fill it up again is that what you're saying oh yeah I I, I splooged my whole hate bank uh, <laughs> a while ago okay so and now. Now I'm ready to build up that that hate bank for a uh, by, by episode what is it 16 or 18 whatever this yeah, ends. Who knows? I, I'll have a full hate bank. Yeah, I'm gonna but, say uh, right I, now I'm good. Right now I'm good. I'm I, happy. I agree with you. I think absent made uh, absence made the heart grow fonder, and I'm kind of looking forward to next week's episode. I'm not. Uh, I'm also with you. I think the hate bank will fill up pretty soon because you know there's going to be i don't know if it's going to be next episode or episode three or four that's just really going to piss me off uh, i think back to the the fish market episode last uh 
midseason or the, the first half of the season that really pissed me off. But um, yeah, you're right. For now, I'm optimistic about the future. I guess that's all you can uh, say. So I, I'll tell you right now, the episode I'm going to hate is when seven people visit Carol at her house, convincing her to do something, yeah. and we spend a fucking hour with that. And I think baby John agrees with me. Do not go to Carol's house and do not spend time giving her bananas and saying, hey, you should come fight with us. And she's like, no, I don't fight anymore. Like, yeah, uh, we no, don't. Yeah, we know gonna, how that plays out and it, it, we don't want to see it. You know what I mean? We've already seen that scene. We don't want to see it again. I agree with Agreed. you. But I think you're going to hate the, the tiger's eminent death more than that. Right, baby John? Oh, uh, fuck. It better. <laughs> I, yeah. All right. Better uh, not have if there's nothing else, let's uh, let's end this. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, once again, uh, we are the Shameful Dead. We'll be back next Tuesday for another episode for uh, whatever episode 10 is going to be called. And be sure to rate us and review us on uh, iTunes. Did you know we get we got one rating? Nice. It was five stars as well. Probably your mom or my mom. Who knows? Uh, either way, thanks for the review and keep it up. We'll keep uh, cranking out this top quality, top production uh, episode or podcast for you. Uh, for Jermaine, this is Doug saying see you next Tuesday. Thanks, guys. Bye.